friends! Welcome to episode 129 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can, whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I'm Sarah. I'm Rob. And I am so out of breath. You almost forgot your phone. <laughs> so I have my tablet in front of me for our show notes and stuff of like that, so we can kind of keep on topic and whatnot. And I have my phone... To keep Discord open because we have the live chat for our Patreons, uh, for you know when we when we broadcast on Wednesday nights on uh, MixLR, and oh, I left it upstairs as the, with, as the final music starts playing. Yeah, as the final pre-show music, so you, you I, I'm like, I don't have my phone. He's like, you have sixty seconds, and I'm like, run. <laughs> <laughs> That's a flight of stairs up and down. Made it back with plenty of time, yep. but oof, yeah. So, while you're breathing and catching your breath, <laughs> holy Batman, we got uh, a few new people, a couple new faces in our Discord, which we're happy to hear uh, and see. Uh, Ariette 13, uh, let's, I, I gotta get Arite. this. Arite, Arite, Arite 13. 13. Uh, Ogin o- 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 Ogimi? Ogimi. Ogimi. And uh, our last one is uh, Gravy X. So, welcome. Welcome to the Conclave. Um, I know we usually say the thing, but please... Join us in our Discord. We love the questions that we get, which we got tons this week. We are very happy to hear, see, and uh, we we'd love to have more. We love we love when people join the conclave and can uh, g- give us what they're interested in, can talk about topics, can talk about their games that they either they're in or that they're running, and just be part of the crew. I mean, we have so much information, and there's so much history out there that we want to share, mm-hmm. and we we want people to be able to come in and be better at storytelling and even still with the with the with the breadth and 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 width of you know the gaming sphere out there yeah um for how many games there actually are out there like so new many. blood always adding to our to our discussions and bring to light you know uh uh what was what was the the one Morkborg? Oh yeah, we, like yeah. we heard of, like I'd never heard of that nope. the other day. Nope. New Discord user comes in, is like, oh yeah, we usually play Morkborg. I'm like, what the, the heck is Morkborg? <laughs> I had to look it up. I'm like, hey, this is pretty cool. All right, cool. Well, and the other thing is, is that we often forget like our breadth of gaming. Mm-hmm. There are people who've never seen this book that's on my table. Yep. Who've never picked it up or looked at it, yep. and yet there are parts of their game. There's a bunch of people who's never seen the book that's under that book. That's either. true. That's true. We well, have sitting here the uh, the uh, AD and D Second Edition Player's Handbook, yes. and the Palladium Rifts like First Edition book. Yeah, First Edition Rifts book here, because uh, they're they're quintessential to our topic tonight. Mm-hmm. And and even apart, even in the research of this, we missed one key component, which you found tonight in. The second edition handbook. Well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's, were... it's, it was something that was missing, but it was I was I was just kind of wondering where the origins of it was from, and I, I I had a sneaking suspicion I knew where it was from, but I didn't have an AD and D second edition book. That's true. That's true. So if it was the first thing you were like, would you like to see this? And I said, yes, I would. <laughs> I'm going to look this thing right up because I have I think I know what this is going to say, and it did, and I'm angry about it. Yep. So I will now rant about alignments for the next forty minutes. She will. She really will. <laughs> You, you should have seen our show note sheet. It was impressive. This was my show topic. She 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 paused at one point when getting to chaotic 
the word chaotic. It just stopped for like a day. Like, I just, <laughs> like, needed, oh, I just oh. needed to breathe. You see, I'm going to like historical stuff. I'm finding reference information. I'm like, what was the differences between three and 3.5 and four and how different things? No, no. Right to the rant. Like, now listen here. That's <laughs> fine. You want to you want to be all analytical about I it. Try. Of that, But like you forget that this show topic ended up on our sheet because uh, because I had a rant one day. You did. You did. I was like, why do people insist on playing? You know, for that matter, why do people insist on playing that other alignment like that? No, you know what? This is a show. This I'm is putting show. this on the list. This is a show. <laughs> so what we are talking about tonight, in essence, is, and the reason, we'll get back to the term lawful stupid. If you are unfamiliar with that, we will clarify that cleanly. If you are familiar with it, maybe you're not thinking about it the right way. Oh, we'll get there. So alignment. Alignment is... A, is using a, a bunch of different systems. D&D is the big one that everybody recognizes in, but Palladium used alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, a, uh, I guess Warhammer Fantasy does, Yes, too? Warhammer Fantasy does I'm have alignment I'm not familiar with the, with the system, but... Um, even uh, to, a deg- to, a, to a lesser degree, some other systems use it, but they don't use the term alignment, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they talk about it as far as your morals or your direction. Um, Shadowrun doesn't have it at all, but it uses in the 20 questions kind of a way to give you a guidepost through that. Sure, sure. Um, because they're way more fluid. And other games outright don't even discuss alignment. They just discuss who your character is and help mm-hmm. you define it without it. So... Alignment was a system to help describe the moral leanings of a character. Now, D&D early on used this in a strictly mechanical sense for half of it. The idea of good, neutral, and evil. Those were hard and fast rules because they wanted to know who was good and who was evil and why. Yep. And then lawful, neutral, and chaotic were also used in a mechanical sense to a less degree that then eventually became more and more of one. Mm -hmm. Um. But as we've drifted from using them in a tactical sense, because they were descriptors that helped role play and mechanics meet at a certain point. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's more of a guideline to help you role play, which I think is really what it should be in the first place. Um, but I guess the real question is: is what makes alignment a good idea? You know, um, I think the biggest thing that I can say is that. It allows people who are unfamiliar with roleplay, who mm-hmm. are unfamiliar even with theatrics, help them figure out a framework for handling what your character versus what you would do. Breaking that line. Yeah, and yeah. And giving you some kind of guidance for that. Uh, I've always been kind of a fan of alignment, um, but I've never liked that it's had uh, mechanical... Um, impact i guess the way D D embedded it exactly mm-hmm. like uh, i i was very comfortable with palladium having alignment mm-hmm. um because palladium never asks you to uh qualify your alignment against a skill correct you know like i'm not going to hit you with a spell that's only going to do damage if you're you know unprincipled alignment right. or something like right. that you know right. um whereas D D uh very flagrantly used it in a lot of their editions um so like 3.5 3 3 and 3.5 i know used mm-hmm. it very heavily 4 used it to a degree uh i i can't speak to second edition and earlier i, I it did i only played second edition a very little bit and i really didn't like it so mm-hmm. i strayed away from it yeah second um, edition did have applications for it first edition sort of did if i remember correctly it was not as 
well, it was mechanical, definitely. Yeah, but I think was second weird, edition though, like, was where it came in. Elf was a was a was a class in yes. uh, in in first edition, though. Yes. So, um, um, and it was an OP one, as I remember. But I think uh, one of the things that kind of came through it was the concept of good and evil being defined in a mechanical sense, in a th- mm-hmm. in, in almost a thematical sense, mm-hmm. and that was is that. Good characters and creatures protect innocent life. Evil characters and creatures debase and destroy innocent life. Yes. That's uh, that's the simplistic terms of it at that level. You have your your good, which implies altruism, a respect for life, a concern for the dignity of sentient beings. Good characters can make personal sacrifices to help others. Right. Simple. Uh, and then, you know, of course, evil, the exact opposite, is going to imply hurting, oppressing uh, is another big thing, uh, killing others. Um, some evil creatures, uh, you know, have absolutely no compassion. Mm-hmm. They kill without, you know, without any qualms for doing so if it's convenient to them or even just for fun um, or for even sport, yeah. you know. Uh, and it, some of them even follow, like, evil deities and stuff like that, like right. uh, Grumpsh. Yeah, uh, and you know th- things like that, like the, the the evil god of orcs and such like that. And what was interesting about it was that it was it was a definition that was hard sold in three point five mm-hmm. as that. Like this, this is a cut and dry kind of a thing. As they shifted into fourth edition, alignments started looking at a, 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 a more of a breakdown. They went into the they they kind of focused on the 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 aspect of nine, mm-hmm. um, where you had good. And lawful good and evil and chaotic evil and just unaligned. And this kind of started creating framework that was shifted that that vision a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that now you, you still had your hard and fast on good and evil and that there were good deities and evil deities that defined mechanics behind them that... You know, if I have a good deity that I follow as a cleric, and there's another good deity, he's on the same team I'm on. Right, right, right. I may not agree with all of their belief structure, but if we're both going after something together, we're doing it as a unified force of good. And when you look at um, when you look at D and D's origins and and existence as kind of a tactical combat simulator, basically, um, you know, where a lot of your your adventures just involve you like grabbing a bunch of swords and armor and going into a dungeon and just killing a bunch of things and stealing the treasure. Right. You know. Um, you you have to understand that the conception of playing D and D as a social experience is kind of a modern thing. Um, yeah, a lot of people have been playing it that way, you know, all along. We've been we've all been telling elaborate stories, and I'm not saying you can't tell elaborate stories with D and D. God knows I've done it myself, but mm-hmm. you know, as as a heavily combative game where the expectation is that the action is going to be driven at the point of a sword, mm-hmm. knowing who it's okay to kill and who it's not. Is a clearly as a clearly defined good and evil, white and black, right. one side of the line and the other is almost crucial to the setup of the game. Yeah, um, because otherwise, then you bring in a bunch of moral ambiguity, and suddenly a game about killing your way to the treasure becomes a lot more yeah questionable. Yeah, and you don't feel so good about doing it. Anymore. Yeah, I think fifth edition kind of broke it down into. A, a much more clean line between the two of them, which was one identified morality and the other identified societal and order defi- mm-hmm. definitions. And I think by saying that you're defining morality, 
that's when things when it got recognized as people started saying oh now this is morally different mm-hmm. you know and that's how we're doing things so i think that for a mechanical game like D&D it was an interesting for lack of a better term experiment yeah yeah that's gone semi successfully yeah. but i think i think your point that you make about what was written in the second edition player's handbook specifically yeah let me let me and i'm going to i'm going to let you pull look that back up i got the tabbed out there for you uh-huh. um but i i distinctly believe that that right there that that concept is still pervasive to this day and defines how people play their characters tells me that the that, that it was not as successful as they wanted it to be. Yeah, I think I think even even people who have never really like picked up the second edition AD&D book um uh like a lot of them I think still learned from their elders who had. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh even if you didn't get it directly from the book, I think a lot of people still got these these sort of attitudes from uh just word of mouth through tribal tribal knowledge, you know. Yep. Um, and so what I'm, what I want to read here is the entry for chaotic neutral, mm-hmm. uh, this is, again, this is the second edition, um, advanced dungeons and dragons players guide. So many moon come shakta. <laughs> uh, and it says, um, and I'll, I'll skip a little bit here, but it says, uh, chaotic neutral characters are extremely difficult to deal with. Such characters have been known to cheerfully and for no apparent purpose, gamble away everything they have on the roll of a single die. They're almost totally unreliable. In fact, the only reliable thing about them is they cannot be relied upon. This alignment is perhaps the most difficult to play. Lunatics and madmen tend towards chaotic neutral behavior. That's not an alignment. That is delusional insanity. Correct. And it's... It, it it the way that they describe it the fact that you will toss everything away on the roll of a die mm-hmm. that's a gambler that that's a risk that's taker a compulsive gambler right that that doesn't talk about your morality that guy needs therapy that not... does talk about your your attitude towards society necessarily or, mm-hmm. or or yourself but i but i think it painted a picture at the time of what they believed mm-hmm. and that has now clearly carried itself over in in definition, yeah. like we can honestly say that we know people today who use the term chaotic neutral to be that. Yes, to, to be, be that wild card, insane. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the definition that makes it challenging, because now you have players who are choosing that are not should I say choosing are defining it in their own mind what each one of the nine mean to them. Mm-hmm. And what that represents versus what the storyteller sees actively going on and making decisions behind that. Yep. Yep. You know, we always talk about murder hobos as it's a common thing. The group always ends up turning into murder hobos that are chaotic. Mm -hmm. You know, does that make the entire group lawfully ambiguous and chaotic if not slightly evil probably but they would say that they're good people because they're doing good things morally sure they're killing and looting and and murdering the evil guys or at least the people that they believe are evil that's right most of the time um yeah i mean it's (sighs) whether whether or not you think that that alignment was successful or useful i suppose is is a is a is a big uh gray area honestly 
And I, I think, I mean, I think you could, you could argue it in circles constantly. 100%. There's, there's a lot of good things that come out of it. But again, I, I think, I, I think my, my line in the sand was tying, you know, uh, mechanical things to it because yeah. there's so many things about morality that are, um, gray areas. Yes. You know, what is, what is moral to one society is not moral to another. Mm-hmm. Um, and so who's to say that like, you know, your, your actions are ever truly good or evil. Yeah. And there, there are some things that you can, you can definitely say are good or evil, but mm-hmm. like where that line of definition is for a lot of people gets drawn. And I mean, you and I across this table probably have different values on a lot of different stuff. You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, without a doubt. I think one of the things that got me was even in fifth edition, mm-hmm. even in fifth edition, I was, I, I read this alignment is an essential part of the nature of celestials and fiends. Mm-hmm. A devil does not choose to be lawful evil, and it doesn't tend toward lawful evil, but rather it is lawful evil in its essence. If it somehow ceased to be lawful evil, it would also cease to be a devil. See, I mean, I'm okay with that. Right. But that kind of a definition defines what that is in a different way than than the original writings even did. Yeah, yeah. And I think... It helps understand that we're we're saying that a race, an entire race, has a has a tend has a tending to it, which again was carried through. Like if you were, there was a time when orcs were always uh, chaotic evil, mm-hmm. right? So if a human was raised among orcs, they would be chaotic evil as well, mm-hmm. and it's like. Okay, so you're saying an entire race of people are this. Yeah, yeah. That's and, where that's where I think people really started having issue with there's, it. There's there's a lot of discourse right now in the D and D community because um Wizards of the Coast is trying to actively move away from that line mm-hmm. of thinking. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing a lot of things like with with new races that are getting released for uh the spelljammer stuff. Yes. Uh uh they're not defining a lot of things like that and, or they're defining them differently or more loosely. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who are a little bit upset with that because there's some very fundamental aspects to certain races that they put out yeah. that they're like, actually they're just people and people can be very different. Yeah. And we're not going to clearly define it in the stat block that some people are, are kind of, some of the old school people are kind of recoiling at. And... Well, I mean, even in my game, I have orcs that are basically all, like, effectively good guys. Yeah, sure. You know, they're they're they took their tribe to a different direction and mm-hmm. became a different people. So there's nothing wrong with that, but yet it feels weird at times. Not really. I mean, I run an Elder Scrolls game. Orcs are a playable race. Orcs ever always have been a playable race, but not for you. I remember one of my players at my table were just like, "What, what do you mean? They're, no, they they're not orcs. Orcs are." chaotic people oh no 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 that was because they came from my homebrew setting and in my homebrew setting they're basically neanderthals they're like just the far side of sentient mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're 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 angry territorial cavemen is what they are they barely have language or writing um and the character that you were getting that reaction from came from that setting mm-hmm. and bled into your world where they are sentient and honorable and have a whole society. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not that a player was giving you that reaction. It's that the character was giving you that reaction. And 
but that is but part that of... shows the breadth of the flexibility of it just does. one race of the, you know one one race of, of of beings and shifting away from what is book written mm-hmm. which i think is a key part of it now it doesn't mean that alignment is a bad thing we're not i'm not painting this this uh, my side of the show out to be that i am against alignment mm-hmm. what i'm against is the definitions that are laid out in books that this is a this and this is a this like yeah. I've, I've never been yeah. and i do not like it being used in a mechanical sense i think there is a place for that but i don't think that this in any way is the right way to handle it yeah um Knox in the live chat here is actually kind of hitting hitting it on the head. My 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 problem for decades now with mm-hmm. alignment is it says uh, if if these concepts are so subjective and or gray, why even bother throwing specific labels and definitions on them? Um, and I think again, it's just because they wanted to simplify it and codify it so that you could say it says good on my sheet and evil on the character st- or the, the 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 monster stat block. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I am a good person killing an evil thing. This is an okay act, and I am okay with murdering it, and I don't have to feel bad about it. Yep. But and and that's fine if you're running it as a tactical combat game like D&D has kind of always had in its roots right but if you start bleeding into that more like critical role generation of a you know you want to run it as a social game mm-hmm. and you really want to get into like the political and moral and social ramifications of things and stuff of like that and you start to examine uh the application of alignment in those settings mm-hmm. you start seeing the holes yeah because it's very, very easy to take the moral alignment system and just go, but what if? Exactly. And instantly punch a hole in it. Yeah. Now, I know you want to start punching holes in it a little bit. But yeah, also, sure. at the same time, I think it's necessary that we talk about it. Because I think it is a valuable tool and start point. Because if you're going to play... I mean, if I'm going to act out as someone or something else... Mm-hmm. A framework helps. No, 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 absolutely. So I'm thinking we go into the framework. I'm thinking that I'm going to flat out say this. If you want a better framework, <laughs> yes, go grab yourself a Palladium book and look at their alignment system. It is a better definition for framework, without a doubt. We're you know gonna... what? You know what? Hold on. What? Let me let me look up Unscrupulous. Okay. It, it should be tagged. Because it is the same technical alignment oh, yes, as Chaotic. As chaotic. Uh, as 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 chaotic neutral, the okay, one that go. I read you that was a you know gamble everything away and be yes. a complete lunatic. Uh, so let's see here, selfish. Oh no no, it's anarchist. It's anarchist, not not unprincipled. Uh, unprincipled is uh, lawful neutral. Right. So anarchist um, type of character likes to indulge himself in everything. So first off, they don't call them neutral alignments; they call them selfish alignments. Yes. Um, because you're looking, you're not. You're not concerned with doing good by other people. You're looking out for numero uno. You don't necessarily have malice in your heart, but you're looking out for you before you're ever sacrificing anything for another person. Right. Okay. So, uh, the type of character likes to indulge himself in everything. He is the insurgent, con man, gambler, and high roller. The uncommitted freebooter seeking nothing more than self-gratification. This character will, at least, consider doing anything... If the price is right, these people are intrigued by power, glory, and wealth. Life has meaning, but his has the greatest meaning. Laws and rules infringe on the personal freedom, um, on personal freedom, and were meant to be broken. An anarchist-aligned person is always looking for the best deal and will work with good, selfish, or evil to get it, as long as he comes out on top in the situation. 
Yep. The anarchist is continuously teetering towards good and evil, rebelling and bending the law to fit his needs. Often, mercenaries fall into this category. And we'll talk about that one in a little bit. Yes. And then, and this is the reason I think why I like the Palladium system so much mm-hmm. um, for with regards to alignment, is that it then goes on, and this is, does this for every single character mm-hmm. alignment, lists out... Between 10 and 12. Yeah. Um, qualifying statements. Mm-hmm. Anarchist characters will may keep his word. Maybe we don't know. Lie and cheat if he feels it's necessary. Not likely to kill an unarmed foe, but certainly knock out, attack, beat, or beat up an unarmed foe. Mm-hmm. Um, will never kill an innocent, but may harm or kidnap one. Not likely to help someone without an ulterior motive, even if it's only to show off. Seldom kills for pleasure. Use torture to extract information, but not likely to torture for pleasure. Probably, you know, they have to have an ends to the a means to the end, you mm-hmm. know, or mm-hmm. end to the means, whatever. Yeah, um, does not work well in a group. This is the cocky, loud mouth who is likely to uh, do as he damn well pleases. Uh, have little respect for self discipline or authority, and may betray a friend. Yep. I mean, it's it's clean. It helps you figure out who you are exactly and i think that is beautiful whereas if you look at the simplistic write-ups and i'll say simplistic Mm write-ups they're generalities yeah and they do not really give you a whole lot of definition they do they do what they believe is best at defining things by using concepts within the system Mm -hmm. to define it celestials demons gods uh you know, uh, prayers and alms and things like that. But literally, this is talking to the morality of the individual. Right. And right. how that morality is applied within society. Yeah, I, it's the concrete examples, which I really like. Exactly. Exactly. But most people play D&D. Most people play and D&D. And most people know the nine. Mm-hmm. So we're going to tear apart the nine. All right, let's get angry about alignment here. So uh, <laughs> first off... Um, Law and chaos. Oh boy, is one of my one of my first things here. Um, it's a good point to hit. Like good neutral evil, pretty easy to understand. Totally. I, I think selfish is better than neutral as far as a descriptor goes. Mm-hmm. But it's basically focusing on doing right by other people, focusing on doing right by yourself. Other people be damned, and to hell with other people. It's my time. Yeah, right. Um, but what <laughs> the heck are law and chaos? Uh, well, I mean one one speaks to following some sense of order or rules. Whether they be personal or existential, mm-hmm. you know, I'm f- I'm I will follow society's guidelines, and sometimes those guidelines are still are still gray, but set to that person. Yeah, you know? yeah. I and I think that's that's where a lot of people get tripped up because the word is law, mm-hmm. and so they they immediately draw the conclusion that you have to follow all of the laws of the land. Correct, and that's not really the case. Like. You can absolutely have lawful characters doing things that are completely illegal, mm-hmm. hence lawful evil do it all the time. Is Batman lawful? I mean, I think so, but I but not because he follows the law of the land. Exactly. But because he has an honor code. Correct. No guns, no killing. Right. Things like that. He has a set way he does things, and he does not deviate from it. In fact, he even tries to impose that on other people. Um, I was recently seeing a comic strip where uh, uh, someone had gotten into Wayne Manor 
Yeah. And uh, Alfred pulled out a shotgun with beanbag rounds mm-hmm. and just waylaid Laid the guy him out, with it. Yeah. Laid him out. And uh, Bruce Wayne sitting there next to him just like, you have a gun in the house? And he's like, yeah, buddy, I'm not like clad in armor. I'm not the Dark Knight. Yes, I've got a shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I also, like, my parents, like, your parents might have been killed by, you know, by guns, and so therefore you don't like them. They're icky and you won't use them. But uh, I, my parents weren't killed by guns, so, yeah, I got a shotgun. And there are guns stashed all over the manor and you'll never find them all, so, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I mean, that that's a very lawful behavior. I have yeah. a code of honor. I have a personal code that I live up to, personal mm-hmm. rules that I that are self-imposed. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to follow them. And yeah. I expect other people to respect that I follow them. And I kind of expect other people to follow them, too. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times we we push those into golden rules or, or higher rules almost into a good sense. Yeah. But there's no rules. that there, There's nothing that sets that in place. No, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I I like a good lawful villain. Oh, yeah. No, I love lawful evil. When you can... Favorite type of villain. Yeah. When you can look at a villain and the villain's just like, you know, and you, you see, you know, you throw down your sword and he's like, no, pick that up. Uh-huh. You know, and you're like, what? And you're like, you will die with a blade in your hand and you will be facing me. Yes. Like, that's that's a rule, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, that's their laws coming out, you know? Or, <laughs> dear God, we had a discussion about thugs doing things outside of the lawful villain's eyesight like uh-huh. hey, yeah i totally killed that you know that the guy's village we totally got them and you then, did what you did what and then the lawful evil villain strikes him down right to make an example you know, throws of, him in the jail and apologizes i am so sorry for that inconvenience i had you know. no idea my my henchman had done that i i here please take this as recompense yeah i will be and, sending and uh, know support. that yeah, yeah and and know that he has been eliminated yes and i will not stand for that in my ranks that's right i i made an example of yeah. him i've i've shackled him to a cart and he will be sent to that town and they can handle him upon their justice you yeah. know it's like what he was your second in command i don't care if he was my first you know <laughs> exactly we, we do not handle now, things that way can we get back to the business of me trying to destroy the world that's right <laughs> <laughs> exactly but but it's having those rule sets that define someone and make them feel real. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just their quirks. It's not things like that. And so when we talk about law, that's what we talk about. When we talk about chaos. Yeah. Yeah. We now, we're now shifting that to madness, to, mm-hmm. to the ability to just be 100% open about whatever. Right. Right. And it, of course, you know, going back to that second edition AD&D thing that I read, you know, it's like you, you immediately go to, to like, oh, there it's it's chaotic. It's it's madness. It's just, you know, lunacy. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Just like law does not mean follows of the law of the land. Chaos does not mean completely unhinged. Um, with chaos, you're looking at a flexibility. Um, an an idea that the the rules sometimes get in the way of doing what is right. Yes, and need to be tossed aside, need to be circumvented, maybe even need to be actively thwarted. Yeah. Um, and honestly, you probably all know somebody like this. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if if uh, you know, they're 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 the type of people who like, if you're starving, do you steal a loaf of bread? Mm-hmm. Well, the lawful person may say, 
no, that's not how we do things. Like there's a certain, like there's a certain level you can't stoop to, even, even if you're starving of hunger, like, you know, you have to find another way. You always have to find another way. Um, find, you know, help is out there if you look for it. Right. A chaotic person will be like, no, steal the loaf of bread. You need it. Mm -hmm. Like, well, and one of my things that I, I thought was kind of interesting was somebody said Robin Hood is chaotic. Yeah, of course. I mean, they're like, well, but he robs from the rich and gives to the poor. What's Marion? You know, isn't she technically rich? Isn't she one of the wealthy? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, well, yes. Okay. Why isn't he handling that? Well, because he loves her. Okay, well, that's kind of wishy-washy then. <laughs> he's kind of picking and choosing when he's robbing from the rich and giving to the poor. Sure, sure. So even his personal morals can shift based upon a whim. Oh, right, right. But, you know, first off, yes, he's in love with her. Second off, um, I, I know in a lot of uh, a lot of those tellings of Robin Hood, she is aiding him. Correct. So he doesn't need to take her money because she's already aiding his cause. And third off, she's typically not one of the people who is part of the system of oppression. And if you look at his um, his whole mission of rob from the rich and steal from the poor, and just the face value right. using just those just, just those words. words yeah, it does seem weird. But if you look at it as an extension of disassembling a system of oppression where the mm-hmm. rich are oppressing the poor, she's not really part of that system of oppression. She's just she's an aspect of the uh, of a side piece. Yeah, yeah. Her yeah. having money and being being royalty does not necessarily make her part of the oppression. But in the end, he started at one point and shifted. He became what he be- what he was. Sure. And I think that is another aspect of it is, is that many characters start with a certain direction. They might even start in a chaotic sense and start gaining a lawfulness, an order within themselves, things that they will and will not do. But also, I think I think your your Robin Hood example is another great great way of of showing the example that like none of these alignments are black and white. Mm-mm. You know. They're I mean, a guideline. Yeah, you could sit there and argue and nitpick the 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 nuance of Robin Hood's character and mission yeah. all day, and be yep. like, "What alignment does he fall under?" But like, that's that's kind of why I feel like alignment is like Ambiguous. not a great system. Yeah, you know. Well, at least um, the nine. It, it, yeah, at least at least those those boxes to describe mm-hmm. and define the yes. exact behaviors a person will and will not engage in. Yeah. Um. So okay, we talked about law. We talked about chaos. Are we ready to get into lawful stupid? The name, the, the namesake of the show. The namesake. Of the I show. think we should. I think we should. So okay, lawful stupid comes from um, how people usually play lawful good, or paladins in general, or paladins in general, because they were required to be lawful good and usually are played to be sanctimonious assholes. Uh, so. And I have been accused of playing Lawful Stupid before. Just when people heard that Lawful Good was the alignment my character was, everybody at the table rolled their eyes. Mm-hmm. And, and Now, my, this is pre, pre-seeing how I played the character, right? Right, right, right. So I wasn't actually playing Lawful Stupid, but that that attitude lives on to this day. This is not, an, this is not a relic. This is something I got like two months ago. So, how Lawful Good is usually played... <sighs> Usually a heroic archetype, like a paladin, like we said. Yes. Um, a beacon of light, if you insists will. Insists on everything being pure and good and will not tolerate even the slightest 
deviants in their presence. You will not sneak. You will walk up to the front door. You will knock on it, and you will challenge formally and throw your gauntlet down Party in front of them. Party rogue, I'm looking at you. That's you right. pickpocketed the key to the gate from the guard of the evil castle of the evil villain we're here to thwart. Mm-mm. You give that back to him, and also my eye is on you, and also I might smite you for stealing. Yeah. Um... We'll fly into, and that that brings me to the next point, flies into a murderous rage. Murderous rage at the slightest infraction. Yep. Because they're lawful. Correct. Kill evil immediately. Akusoku Zan. Why is this wrong? (sighs) What are you doing wrong? First off, you're not playing a paladin, you're playing a fascist. That is so true. Oh um, that is so I, true. I, I hate to inform you, but kill anyone who does not fall into my, my narrow definition of what is good and what is not is you're playing a fascist, you're mm-hmm. not playing you're not playing a uh, uh a paladin. Um again, lawful does not mean follows the laws without question. It just means a structured way of approaching things. Your paladin's code of honor um, your sworn knightly oaths, the precepts of your divine patron, these are all things that can guide you. These are all ways of thinking, structures of thinking, mm-hmm. of approaching problems and stuff like that, that would make you a lawful character without making you slavishly and unwaveringly, uh, uh, rigidly set in the ways of the law. Yeah. Murder. Murder. Murder is not good. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief in D&D. Yeah. <laughs> and murder is not good. You are literally violating things. Especially not an appropriate thing like cutting off a dude's hand because he pickpocketed someone is not even remotely good. Not at all. Like, good, good, good is about compassion and forgiveness and stuff like that. Like, man, I, I don't even want to see a lawful good character killing the main villain, honestly. Mm. I really don't. No. Because the lawful good characters are going to are definitely got to be the ones going like, we can't kill this guy. He's misguided. He, Let's bring him to justice. Let's yeah. put him in jail forever. Let's give him a chance. Exactly. You Everybody know. should have a chance at redemption. You That's know. Right. I'm not saying I'm not saying you can't kill. Right. I'd prefer to see my lawful good characters having that reaction. Now, lawful and code of honor. This does not preclude you from being dumb. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You're not using it literally as a flip book that says, hmm, there's a bunch of goblins coming into this farm. They look like they're about to kill a cow. Let me look at my code of honor. Let's see, precept one, give alms to the poor. Nope, not that one. You know, And you, you read down your list to find out what you do. Mm-hmm. No, no. All right, so I'm going to address something in the, in the, the live chat. All right. Knox right. in the box says he's lawful. Lawful everything. I think it runs the whole gamut. I mean, cutting a hand off might be a lawfully sanctioned punishment. Okay, let's talk about that for a second. Correct. It might be a lawfully sanctioned punishment, but um, so something about the law, and not not to get too heavy here, but like, think of Nazi Germany mm-hmm. hiding a Jewish person from the Nazis was an unlawful act. Mm-hmm. Was it a right act? Absolutely, saving lives from a fascist, overbearing, murderous government. Absolutely, it was the right thing to do, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the lawful thing to do. Mm-hmm. Conversely, cutting off this person's hand for stealing a loaf of bread might be what the law dictates. But is it good? 
Is it right? Is it compassionate? Are there extenuating circumstances we might look at that this person otherwise would not have been forced to steal? They're not stealing out of malice. They're stealing out of hunger. Mm -hmm. If we solve the hunger, we solve the stealing problem. We don't need to cut off their hand to teach them a lesson. Right. The lesson isn't that they're a thief. The lesson is that they were starving Mm -hmm. and just trying to survive. Plus, the other part of that is is that it is unlawful to steal. So you see the boy steal the bread. He takes four steps. The paladin grabs him by the scruff of his collar, turns around, sets him down back the thing, grabs the loaf of bread out of his hands, and hands it back to the baker. He did steal something. That means he should be punished immediately for that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Does the good paladin put the bread back in the boy's hand and put money in the hand of the of the baker? I've got a great example. Les Miserables. Thank you. Yes. Um, at the beginning of Les Miserables, uh, Jean Valjean, the, the, the main character, um, is uh, released from prison. He's paroled. Um, but the uh, the uh, uh, inspector that put him in there in the first mm-hmm. place, I believe, um, or at least one of the jailers. I, I, I don't yes. remember what Javert was to him. But anyways, Javert was was the lawman, essentially, who he had a rivalry with from the Correct. very beginning, um, who has a very black and white way of looking at things and uh, sees him basically as nothing more than a thief. He will You're always a th- be a thief. You will always be a thief. You cannot be anything else because that is what you are. And... Valjean um, is released from prison and uh, on his first night of freedom takes refuge in a uh, uh, in a church and in the midst of the night in his desperation because he has nothing. nothing. He is utterly destitute. He has his freedom and the shirt on his back and nothing else. And because he has been labeled a criminal and because he's been told this whole time he is nothing more than a criminal – kind of gets inside of his head and that very night he steals all the silver from the church and absconds mm-hmm. Jaffer, because he had these expectations of what valjean would do mm-hmm. instantly catches him because he was basically staking the place out just waiting for him to, to right mess up. to do it um catches him and brings him back to the church to be accused by the priest and he holds up the bag full of silver mm-hmm. and he says you know hey I, I found this man with all of your silver he stole it from you, didn't he? I just need you to accuse him, and I can haul him back to jail for the rest of his life. And the priest takes one look at this destitute, desperate man and goes, That? No, that was a gift. Yeah. I didn't he didn't steal that. In fact, you know what you in your haste, sir, I know you were you were ready to hit the road and start your life anew. In your haste you forgot the silverware. Yeah. You took the platter and the pitcher and yeah. the and the candlesticks and stuff like that, but you forgot the silverware. Here. And adds more stuff to yep. his loot. Yep. And Javert is standing there completely aghast, like, what are you doing? And right. he's like, take this and make your life better. Yeah. Start anew. Mm-hmm. You can be a better person. Yeah. That is the difference between a lawful good mm-hmm. and a lawful neutral. I'm not going to say that Javert was lawful evil. He was not. No, I agree that, that there's a longer discussion there, but you, there's a lot more to go over. But I agree that now you've defined that prince. But that, or the, sorry, the, that priest. Yes, that is the difference you're looking for. Yes. A code and the idea that good is being good is, is a moral compass to help you. Mm-hmm. Um... So that's, I, I was going to give the positive example of Captain America. But I like yours much better. But honestly, yeah, the priest in Les Miserables, 
Great example. But a lot of people still saw Captain America as lawful stupid. Uh, I don't know if they that saw he was lawful stupid. That he was, he was to a fault following the rules, and it blinded him at times from seeing what was really going on. But but it kind of didn't. It, I don't think um, it did. I don't think it did either, because, I mean, if you, if you look at, like, especially like the first two movies, um, uh, uh, the first Avenger and Winter Soldier. Yes. Um, so in first Avenger, um, like, what, one, one argument I've heard a lot is that lawful good is not allowed to use stealth ever. Mm-hmm. Because you you have to be honorable and upstanding. If you want to fight someone, you knock on their front door and you issue a challenge to them fair and square. Uh, and yet we've got Captain America sneaking into a Hydra base and like waylaying a bunch of guards with stealth. Um, and then in Winter Soldier, was it Winter Soldier? Yeah, it was Winter Soldier, um, where they had those those helicarriers and the, yes. the whole Hydra infiltration and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, he was the only person not blinded by the fact that this was quote-unquote lawful. Mm-hmm. He was the one who stood up and said, this may be lawful, but it's not right. Right. And why, why are we pointing guns at everyone? That, how does that make it better? It, exactly. Exactly. Freedom does not come at the end of a gun. Yep. Ever. Yep. Yeah. And... There, there was a uh, injustice. A new uh, one of the new cartoons that came out. Uh, there's a a great scene with uh, Superman where he's just like, "You've got to help me get all the guns." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Well, smoking kills." The the counterpart I'm trying to remember who it was was like, uh, "Smoking kills way more people than guns every year. Should we arrest all smokers?" Mm-hmm. And he goes on from there, and he's just like, "Automobiles kill people every day. Do we?" Anybody who gets in an accident, they should be they should be taken away as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and he just goes right on. You know, and last the, the final thing he goes, and those who don't recycle, they should be killed too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was like the define of like, no, I'm you know I'm not helping you with this crusade. It doesn't have an end. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. So, all right, let's move on. Uh-huh. Chaotic, chaotic crazy. I, th- I think you did a good job of of defining where it came from. We can cut, yeah, we can kind of we can kind of gloss over this one a little bit, uh, real quick, just because uh, a lot of people would like to think it's either the sil- serial killer with no consequences. Right. That's not. That's neutral evil. Correct. Um, or a random pixie girls. Oh my god, lol, penguins. Ha ha. I'm so random. Yeah. And I hate both of them. Yeah, and so we start looking at it's neutral does not. Neutral equals selfish. Mm-hmm. Chaos just means the rules can be damned and thrown to the side. So the character is going to act how they feel in their own self-interest, regardless of other people, role, rules, laws, whatever. Doesn't matter. Exactly. exactly. I think your pick for this one is fantastic. I think Jane from Firefly is a wonderful example of this. Oh, absolutely. He is exceptionally selfish, and the rules be damned. Right. Um, if we want to go uh, for another stretch, I would say Cusco from the Emperor's New Groove is very much chaotic because he doesn't follow any rules but his own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. The whole world is about him. Yep. You know? Yep, I'll give you that. And and at a, at a whim, he can change his mind. I, I Again, I love him as a character. Uh, yes, Cusco but, alignment. Yes, alignment for Cusco. Cusco <laughs> specific alignment. <laughs> the alignment specifically given to Cusco. Cusco, yes. That one, yeah. I, I think that he also fits into that chaotic style. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so like Jane from Firefly. Let's let's talk about that. Let, one a they'll little tear bit. that one down a little. Uh, so we've got um, he's wooed over to the group because they paid him. 
Yeah. Paid well, him he, paid him more than the band. He was part of a group that was holding up the 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 crew of the Firefly and Mal ordered uh, offered him more money than the bandits were paying him. And he, and just he literally just switched sides. Yep. That was it. That was all it took was a paycheck yep. because that's what it's in for. Yep. Um and at one point in the story, spoilers for a very old show, um he turns on the group because yeah. for a moment it looks like he's got a better option. Uh and he betrays the group and it's only when Mal corners him and threatens to shove him out of an airlock uh and basically tells him like the only reason I'm not pushing this button right now is because I think that if I tell you to come back you're going to be okay at least until you find another you know opportunity to stick a knife in our back. And I'd rather have you here than gone. Um but I'll do it. Yeah. If you ever betray us again. A, a, a more recent one beyond Jane, which I think is a great example, which was just brought up in the live chat. Mm-hmm. Loki. Marvel's Loki. As portrayed in the show, I would tend to agree. I think that show expressed his journey from chaotic neutral to chaotic good. I think we watched him have that journey. I don't think he made it to good. I don't, don't? think I don't think he made it to good. You don't? I still think he's You don't think that at the end of the show when he was very panicked about the big bad evil guy doing the big bad evil thing and he was like, We've gotta stop him does a chaotic neutral character care about stopping the big bad evil guy? Or does he just try to survive for himself? He is surviving for himself and all the other himselves. But yeah, it's he, a... but but he cares about his other themselves. He does, but it's himself. He always looks for number one. He cannot be trusted. I don't know. I don't know. I it's would... hard. We we could debate this one we, for hours. But that's the beauty. That's but the that's, beauty. But that's There's the a beauty. start point yeah. that was clearly chaotic. Yeah. That was clearly chaotic neutral. And and even Knox is calling you out. Yeah, trying to save the world isn't good, I guess. Well, <laughs> I, I was Red Superman right for saving the world the way he was saving the world? I don't know who Red Superman is. So uh, Superman I... uh, who was raised in Russia instead of the United States and letting Russia conquer the planet. I don't know. I don't, I don't know the plot line. It's, so it's intriguing. Is 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 all get out? And again, it's it's all the way you look at it. But that's the whole thing. Is we're talking about guideposts. Mm-hmm. Then and this prompts those kinds of discussions. But it also gives you a good flavor of where you can begin and how you can help develop your character. Yeah. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about the the darker side of things, so that we can defra- we can frame those up for storytellers. Even because I mean, I'm not saying that you can't do this as a player character. I've technically done it. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'm saying that it it definitely makes it hard. I think the lawful evil character where we're starting has more chances to tie into a normal thing. And I think in a lot of ways, there's a lot of players who are lawful evil that don't realize they are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I think like a lot of times when I ask people how to play lawful evil, um, you always get the, the the word lawyer is one of the, <laughs> is one of the first five words they say to you. Um, oh, and they did they do evil within the system, and it's like. Uh, not really. Like, a lot of people will give you that definition, but then when you ask them, like, what does that look like? They can't tell you. They can't really tell you. Like, if anything, a lawyer is a lawful neutral in that they're more interested in the letter of the law than how it applies to people, you know? Um, and I, I, I think 
it's not that a lot of people play it wrong. It's just I don't think a lot of people have a clear picture of how to play a lawful evil character. Um, and again, it's not about the actual laws. Just like just like everything else, it's not about the actual laws, but it's about structure. It's about tradition. It's about codes of honor. And even evil people can have codes of honor. Look at mob bosses. You know, there's a way things are done just because they're done that way. You know, um, look at the Godfather. You know, nobody is going to tell you that Don Corleone ordering, you know, uh, ordering his his uh, uh, conciliary to uh, cut off the head of a horse mm-hmm. and stuff it in the bed of a movie producer. That's not that's not a good that's not even a neutral thing. That's an actively malicious, murderous thing to do. Mm-hmm. So like Don Corleone, nobody's going to tell you he's a good character. Mm hmm. But on the day of his daughter's wedding, when he cannot refuse a request, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. What, why can't he refuse a request on the day of his, his daughter's role. wedding? It's his role. It's just how things are done. It's, it's tradition. It's tradition. It's how things are done. Yeah. Lawful evil. Yeah. He's, a, he's an evil dude who has a way things are done, and he does not vary from them. Yep. For him, those rules and structure elevate him over the riffraff. The reason he gets to be evil, the reason he gets to get away with the thing that he does and sleep at night mm-hmm. and look himself in the mirror is because he's a man of culture. He has rules. He's not some random thug out shiving people for their wallets on the street corner. Mm-hmm. He runs a respected family, a respected business. Mm-hmm. He's he's a man of wealth and culture and taste. Listen to the orchestral music he has playing. Look at his his library filled with many books. They smell of rich mahogany. <laughs> you yes. know? This is this is what a lawful evil is. Uh, equally, they can be eloquent. I I honestly believe that lawful evil people can have friends and groups around them. Hannibal Lecter did a fine job of defining what un, what what a definitional you'd think was chaotic mm-hmm. but is in fact exceptionally lawful and bound he followed very strict rules had a very strict definition of who he was but without a question was evil mm-hmm. i i i think that as as characters go for villains specifically i think the lawful evil character is probably one of the best Def- ways to start a definitional character give them strong codes that it's hard for them to break mm-hmm. and if they do break them they feel tragic about those moments did you ever did you watch any of the i, I expect the answer to this be no just because I, I i know your particular taste did you ever watch any of the the hannibal uh show i i did not watch any of the hannibal show i've i've seen uh, a few of the different hannibal movies okay Okay. So I watched um, most of the series. I think I, I'm only missing like the last half of the last season or something like that when they started getting into uh, the Red Dragon plotline. Um, but I think uh, Hannibal Lecter, as played by Mads Mikkelsen, um, very, very good lawful evil character. Um, again, a refined gentleman, very articulate, very graceful, mm-hmm. um, liked the finer things in clothes and music and art, had great taste. Yeah. For human flesh. Yeah. No. Um, and a good Chianti. And and when you started realizing who ended up on his murder and turn your body into art list, mm-hmm. um, it was people who wronged him in some way. Yeah. And honestly, that wrong was literally just being rude to him. 
Yeah. Just showing yourself to be a lower class of human being than he expected of common courtesy. Or even of that person. Yeah. Like if he expected you to be better. Yeah. And, and you disappointed him. And once you disappointed him, he was like, all right, I guess you're food. Yeah. And and literally, that was that was all it took. Just yeah. no compassion. No. No. There was just a, a dividing line. And once you ended up on the other side of it, he felt nothing for killing you and eating you. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're nice to him, super cordial. Yeah. Like you remember from Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. there's that, that line at the end that Clarice says of like, you know, when when, when it's uh, Hannibal gets out. And yeah, like that, and calls her. Uh, and she's like, I don't think he's coming for me. I think he would consider that rude. Yeah. Because they've got a dialogue. They're, right. they're friends. Yeah. You know? he At least he thinks they're friends. He thinks he thinks enough of her. In yeah, he he has a respect enough for her that he would consider it uncouth. Correct to kill and eat her. Correct, like that. That would be a double cross that he just could. He couldn't. He couldn't do that. Yep. You know, we have questions. I want to keep spending time. Absolutely, I think, I think definitely these, need to get these questions. questions. I am going to. I'm going to make sure that we don't lose our audio here. I would like you to start the question. All right. So, do we want to start from the top or the bottom? You uh, know, I'll, I'll let you. Uh, yeah, let's start from the top. Let's start from the top. It's fine. Um, all right. So, Knox in the box asks. Uh, I figure that if I must use alignments, uh, that I'd want to provide a narrative reason for one, so that it feels more like a personal choice and not some game mechanic box I'm ticking. For example, if I had a paladin, I'd create some kind of personal code of honor for them or something. Do you have any other ideas for better disguising a mechanic like this as lore? What are some of your favorite examples? Um, I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head in, yeah. right there in your own question of you f- you, you you look at your alignment. Mm-hmm. Um. For for me, at least, I always picked my alignment kind of last. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, I would always get a good idea for who the character was, what place they played in the world, mm-hmm. what sort of their outlook on life was, mm-hmm. and then picked the alignment that worked best for them. Yes. I think um, alignment is one of the most forgotten things with characters and gets developed. I think that more more and more players don't have an alignment when they start the game and be, and gain their alignment as they play the game, I think you should have an idea because I think it makes a much better core character. Oh, absolutely. So I, my first thing was, if you don't know, grab yourself the, the Palladium list, mm-hmm. look it over, because that 10-item list will help you. Because if you look at it and go, no, that's not this person. No, that's not this person. And you're like, oh, wait, this makes sense. It is it is kind of a code, but not. Because you're not following a code of sense. You're just following your own personal limitations. But the questions are already asked. They're already there for you to define your answers. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the real key is... And there, uh, I, I, I want to say that it's out there, but I'm trying to remember where it is. There is a, like, 10-question alignment thing that will help define your alignment. But I think what's more important are the questions that they ask. Like, one of the questions is, would you kill for food mm-hmm. if you were starving? Mm-hmm. Would your character kill for food if you're starving? The second question, or one of the other questions was, like, um, if, if you heard someone in a well... Would you go? Would you go get help, or would you go help them? Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, would you sacrifice yourself to go help them? Sure. You know, um, and then there was another one which was, um, you've received a promotion that you do not deserve because they 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 thought you were the person to get it, and it was someone else. Do you speak? Do up? You, do you rise to the top and carry them with you, or do you say nothing and just accept the uh, accept the offer? And 
it's things like that that you start looking at, like, these questions have already been asked. Mm -hmm. Whereas in most people find that out throughout a story. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, And and I think the other other thing to note, too, is that um, regardless of what you write on your character sheet during your session zero, no character ever survives contact with the campaign. Correct. Uh, And so you may find after three sessions that what you thought was going to be a lawful good character is turning out to be a real chaotic uh, neutral and you know what? That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's perfectly fine. That's it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It just means you're reacting to your environs. You're doing it organically. And what you originally thought in a vacuum was going to look like a lawful good turned out to be a chaotic neutral. Just change your change your alignment. Just talk to your talk to your DM and just change your alignment. You know, it's fine. Um, it happens all the time. I've I, I don't think any single character I've ever played has played out with the same attitude that I intended them to. In fact, just before the uh, the the game here, I was talking about my character in Rob's D and D game, mm-hmm. and uh, I was I was like, I don't think she's neutral good anymore. Like she has made some really wrathful moves. Mm-hmm. I definitely think she's she's inching towards like at least true neutral. No, I agree. I agree. Where she's she's generally good. She generally wants what's right, but she has such a short fuse now. Oh yeah, and just is so done. Yeah, it's just so done. Yeah. Um. All right, so the Mad Elf. Yep. The Mad Elf asks, uh, what are some mechanics you've run across that provide guidance and or mechanics for alignment-like aspects of a setting, uh, of setting boundaries around characters' behaviors? Uh, such as Vampire the, uh, Ma- the Masquerade's humanity system comes to mind as one example. Yeah, uh, 7C has uh, Hubris and Virtues, mm-hmm. which I think give really good, quick definitions of something that you will... You will you are culpable of. I think some of their advantages in that system are socially uh, defined in there. There's a few other games. I think um, you were saying that because uh, I, I can't think of it right off the top of my head, but Savage World kind of has that within some of its pieces, where you have mechanical aspects that also help define you. Um, I think some of the um, uh, what was I think? What's the term in uh, Savage World? Uh, the hindrances. Hindrances. Yeah. Um, help define some of your morality. I know one of my characters is will never leave a compatriot, a friend behind. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's that's straight up an answer that you would put down to say, okay, this is the kind of morality that I have. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so I think those types of systems are always great. Um, Dungeon World has its bond system, which helps define that as well because. You're also you're not just defining how well you you're not defining that you know someone well enough to be a friend, but you're also saying that you have questions about them or insecurities about them, mm-hmm. and you have to define what those insecurities are. And I think that really puts it more in perspective and and gives you some mechanics that define that. Yeah, uh, Knox in the live chat is saying uh, he's not familiar with the humanity system. So just real quick, um, the uh, in Vampire the Masquerade, um, the the main. It, it, at least it's intended to be the main the main source of drama is your own internal struggle with the loss of your humanity as you slowly turn into a blood sucking monster of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you kill? Yeah. To kill. Yeah. To kill. Yeah. To kill. Yeah. To eat. Yeah. Now you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, what they had was a system called humanity. It's a it's a one to ten. Um, uh, thing and there was a uh, a thing that they've they've got called a hierarchy of sins. Yes, and essentially what that is is that's a it's a ten step thing of like 
where the line in your morality is drawn. Mm-hmm. And at 10, it's literally like like lying to someone. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean it's really really light stuff that will get you taken down to 9 because yeah. you have to be the absolute most goody two shoes to be a 10. Yeah. But then as you start getting down to like 8 and 7 and stuff of like that, it's like um are you willing to harm another person? Mm-hmm. Uh to get to survive. Are you willing to harm another person out of anger? Are you, you know, and and it goes down to like, are you willing to just kill people if they get in your way? Mm-hmm. And on down and down and down. And if you eventually run out of humanity, you become just a feral beast. Yep. You literally have slipped into beasthood and your character is no longer a PC anymore. You're an NPC now. Yeah. One of the things that came to mind, which I totally forgot about, is 7C's uh, reputation system. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Things will gain you reputation. Things will make you lose reputation. Mm-hmm. And when you lose enough reputation, you hand in your character sheet because you're now a villain. Yep. You have the reputation of a villain. Yep. And some of those are like helping victims, uh, not killing somebody in a duel, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, or allowing someone to live in a duel, you know, or, or killing someone in a duel. Um, and all of that changes your reputation and alters you as a person. So in many ways, it is the same kind of thing. It's because, again, 7C is all about being heroes yeah. and not yeah. being villains. The thing that I liked about the hierarchy of sins, though, mm-hmm. um, was that it wasn't losing humanity wasn't based upon committing the act. It was based upon remorse for the act. Yes. And so you could absolutely kill a person in you know uh, by by accidentally drinking too much blood from them right you know um drain them completely dry but after that when when you did something that was below your humanity level you'd have to make a humanity check mm-hmm. essentially to see how your character coped with it yeah. if you passed it you are racked with remorse and guilt you feel bad you acknowledge the act you did was wrong mm-hmm. and that that it was that it was a step too far for you if you failed that check your character rationalizes it and is generally okay with having done it and you lose humanity up to that point, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, and I think that's the, that's really the important step is that good people can make mistakes. Good people can do bad things. That mm-hmm. doesn't make them a bad person unless they turn around and go, no, that was the right call. Yeah. Then you start having conversations about who they are as people. Yep. You know? All right, next one. All right, next so two, next two, next one. Uh, it's 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 a bit of a long one, but it's 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 a it's not really a two parter. It's 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 a question with an explanation. There we go. Yeah, from uh, uh, one of our one of our new uh, new listeners, Ogunmi. Um, Ogunmi asks, uh, "What do you do as a DM when a player character consistently behaves different from their alignment would suggest?" A bit of background, since you might talk about this. We are. I have a player <laughs> whose character is often chaotic, mostly neutral but sometimes evil. (laughs) His alignment is neutral good. I've talked to him about this, dismissal of local laws, killing anyone who even tries to defend themselves against him, and loots and pillages everything he comes across, often keeping the goods for himself without telling the other party members. Um, And he still insists that he's being, quote, good in in his own way, and his dismissal of local statutes is perfectly fine since he's neutral in that axis. In 40 years of DMing, damn, um, I have always had a player admit that the alignment change and move to the either alter the behavior or change their alignment to suit their suit behavior patterns. How do you deal with this? Um, if I'm being perfectly honest, 
you've already talked to the player about it, you feel they're being chaotic neutral, That's you're the DM. Are. They are now chaotic neutral. I don't care what they think should be on their character sheet. You're, you're the, the DM. That's your story. It's your story. They're now chaotic neutral. There you go. Done. They can be as salty as they want about it, but yep. they're now chaotic neutral. Yep. There, there's there's no no better way to define it. I mean, you've you've made the legal it's if it is a mechanic. Yeah. As a mechanic, you have the right as a storyteller within the D and D structure to tell them what the ruling is. It's a loose rule, but it's a rule. And if they're not playing by that rule, you have the right to enforce that rule. You tried to be amicable about mm-hmm. it. You mm-hmm. tried to talk to the character and negotiate or the player. alignment change. Or sorry, you talk to the player and negotiate the alignment change with them. Mm-hmm. At this point, if they're still being stubborn about it, just change it on their sheet. Yep. Or write it down on your own. And when the next time they try to do something that aligns with one of those things, like you know, a protection or something like that, doesn't work the way yep. they think it does. Yep. Only good characters can act here. Can walk in here. Well, I'm good. I'll. You hit an invisible wall. Yep. I what? But it yep. says good on my sheet. I know what it says on your sheet. You hit an invisible wall. Sorry. You believe you're good. You aren't. Yep. We're all the heroes of our own stories. That's right. And that's and I think you put it you put it perfectly in your own question here. Like he believes he's being good in his own way. Yeah, sure. I'm sure Don Corleone thought he was doing wonderfully by his family. That's right. That's right. And there are so many other people that could have filled that crime syndicate vacuum if it weren't for him yep. and his benevolent hand. Yep. Yep. Could have been worse. Could have been so much worse. Could have been so much worse, but yep. he's here to protect all I'm going to give you an offer that you... was never given to me. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to give you an offer you can't refuse. That's right. So Overwatch asks... Dungeons and Dragons, Palladium, Warhammer Fantasy, all use alignments. Is there one that is your go-to alignment as a player? Palladium. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. One you've never played. I don't think I've ever touched Warhammer Fantasy. Is there one that you keep out of your games as a rule? Oh, as as far as as individual alignments. Right. Yeah. So I would say, as a rule, I try to personally keep out uh, Chaotic Evil. Uh, out of my games because I, I don't, I don't think a player in a group can possibly be chaotic evil. I think I agree. I think chaotic neutral is hard. I think even chaotic good is challenging to be in a group because you're selfish. You're going to unless the player can separate themselves from their character and make for a good story. You're your essence is to be relatively selfish. I'm okay with chaotic good mm-hmm. um, because generally your bent is going to be uh, towards heroic, selfless acts. They may be the more kick down the door sort. Um, but, uh, like, honestly, Lord Thalian Arroway. Yeah. Chaotic, come, it reads chaotic good to me. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I agree. Because especially because I have talked to Sean about his character and stuff of like that out of game. So 100%. even some of his shadier stuff is done with an altruistic, you know, sort of he's he's playing the long game, but he is altruistic. Without a doubt. And he favors the group mm-hmm. and stuff of like that. But definitely he's the like, yeah, I'm just going to do things my way and just going to annoy everybody else to make sure that I'm doing these subtle little power plays to let everybody know that who's who's really in charge around here. Oh, no, no. 100% agree with you. Without Chaotic a doubt. Good. I think it's challenging. 
It's not that I would mm-hmm. I would blank it out of my game. I'm just saying that it's challenging and often can cause problems unless yeah. you can pull it off within the right group. Yeah. So. Uh. So okay. I th- I think to 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 kind of go. Oh, so what one one that's my go to alignment as a player. I love playing lawful good. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love playing lawful good because so many people in my life have gone. You're playing lawful stupid. That I take it as a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, dead honest, that's the only reason I love playing lawful good is to prove to other people that it can be done, mm-hmm. and to show them how it's done correctly. Yeah. And honestly, lawful good feels good. It does. It feels good to be the moral compass of the group. Mm-hmm. It feels good to just do right and ask the hard questions mm-hmm. about things, and to try to find where hard solutions to hard problems fit into your lawful honor code you know without a doubt outlook of the world yeah it's it is a it is a challenge uh in any setting yeah in any setting um but i think that being a uh a lawful evil character in a group can create a very challenging dynamic one of my favorite characters was lawful evil yep and I think one of the best parts about that is is that again that lawfulness does not is a personal code just as much as it is anything else. Oh yeah, absolutely. And having a good lawful character, you can have some very, very wonderful moments. Uh, Amos uh, from Expanse. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, takes the gun from their hand and says, "You're not the person to do this. You're you're not a killer. You're not a killer." You're not Let's that them walk out the door turn back to that person like thank you so much but i am, I am and that just, guy and shoots him in the <laughs> just head just shoots yep. him right in the head because he knows who he is uh-huh he will be that distance that that person needs yeah yeah and that kind of stuff intrigues the heck out of me i i i rarely get a point to be able to play that type of character but as a storyteller i have the ability to do it and i love that I, I don't know if I would classify Amos Burton as as lawful evil, but I get where you're going. Yeah. It's it's more about yeah. that specific scene yes. that kind of paints that picture for yes. me in my mind. And just murders the guy in cold mm-hmm. blood because he needed to die. Yeah. He is a fantastic character. Uh there's some great if you ever get a if you're if you're into storytelling like we are, uh and you really want to dissect a character, there are some great YouTube videos uh on Amos and dissections of his character and I mm-hmm. that go through all of the different scenes he is he's in throughout the expanse and I think as a character he is one of the most intriguingly well crafted characters that I've ever seen in anything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think he's fantastic. Um All right, so uh what's one you'll never play? I mean Chaotic, chaotic evil aside, probably chaotic neutral. I just can't be that selfish. Okay, okay. like it just it would grind at me personally. Like I just I I would constantly want to like I have a natural affinity to to lead, but I think I would struggle with constantly forgetting others. Like, forcing yeah, myself as yeah. Rob to forget about another person. That would be my struggle. I See, one of my one of my longer played characters was a Chaotic Neutral. Okay. And um, I, I kind of got around that by, like, my, my self-interest and my group cohesion came from the fact that these were my friends. Mm-hmm. And I liked them. Mm-hmm. I wanted them around. Right. 
uh, I, I mean, it it wasn't. It was still, you know, looking out for Numero Uno, and like if a better if a better thing came around, but like they were the best thing at that moment, right? You know, and they continued to be the best thing for a while. So, like, yeah, I didn't have any reason to leave. Right. I, I was the Jane of the group, you know. Where yeah, it was like, sure. Yeah, no, you guys made me a good offer. It's just, this is this is the place I belong for now. Right. And in, you know, and that 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 next better offer just never came. You know. Right. Um, and at a certain point, it was in my self-interest because I liked you. Mm-hmm. You were the, you, you were part of my my world. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to lose you as part of my world, so it's in right. my self-interest to protect you. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, I I have written characters as this. Oh yeah, and yeah very yeah, similar yeah. to what you've what you've got what you were stating there. Um, but I just I find it hard to do it. It's a little exhausting. It's a little it exhausting is. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Huluvu's question. Okay, I think yeah. Huluvu's question, I think, is a tale as old as time here. Um, how do you balance misalignments and other character aspects? For instance, I once played a paladin who, after a few sessions, tried to be lawful good, but was always being pulled in a chaotic direction due to background and storyline. Should I have forced the character to always act lawful good, or allow him to become more chaotic, uh, chaotic good? That is... The point of a story uh-huh. is that discovery right there. It is there is nothing that says you can't change, and that's that is legitimately the point of the game is evolution. Your character evolves; it gains levels. Mm-hmm. Your character evolves; it changes style. You evolve your character through role play. That that's the point. You're, you you should be changing alignment. And you should be evaluating your alignment at the very least. I agree. Uh, the only thing I will add to that, too, is um, kind of countering your question with another question. Hmm. Is is this something that you, Hulavu, the player, mm-hmm. realized? Or is this something your paladin realized? Yes. Um, if it's just you, the player, realizing like, oh, I've been playing this character wrong. Or playing this character is, as a different alignment than is written down. Right. Then yeah, I think you can make a case for saying maybe I should try playing him more lawful. Right. Okay, but I think if your if your character is realizing that they're not what they thought they were, right, that's a character journey. Yeah. And yeah, I think you could make the case for making them chaotic good. At when that a point. when a when a mirror is thrown in front of the character and the character makes the recognition that something has changed, mm-hmm. that's that's the moment of turn. That's that's the brilliant of brilliance of a story. The, one of those scenes that always sticks with me mm-hmm. is uh, the the movie Falling Down. Ah, okay. Uh, there's that scene where he goes to the army surplus shop, mm-hmm. and the, uh, the 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 neo Nazi who runs the place starts showing him some like World War II Nazi paraphernalia or something like that, and he's like, "Why are you showing me this?" And he's like, "Cause we're the same, you and me. You're you're just like me." And he's like, I am nothing like you. And it's this real wake-up call for him where yeah. he's like, well, I'm going to say a wake-up call. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that he doesn't get during that during that, that right. movie. But it, it's it's a moment where that kind of shocks him um, yeah. out, of, out of what he was doing at the time where he was like, oh, wow, a Nazi thinks I'm like him. Ooh, a Nazi thinks I'm like him. No, 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 no. You and I are nothing alike. Yeah. You know? We, there there are so many moments in movies where a villain or or a or or a higher up henchman 
looks at one of the heroes and says, we are the same. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're not so different, you and I. Yeah. You know, it's it's just a matter of a turn of the coin. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, what is it? Is the the Joker in uh, the, in Batman? the most recent Batman ones? It says something like every, everyone's just one bad day away from being a, a villain or something like that. Yep. yep. And yeah. I mean, Darkness says the same thing in Legend. Mm-hmm. We are the same. We are one. And it's, he paints a very vivid picture that they are both very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, she's she's nothing like him, but she is. Isn't she, though? She really is. Yeah. She's just selfish. And it's it's those types of things. It's those moments where you where you can have either as a storyteller where you can present that mirror reflection of what you've become uh, to the player and they suddenly recognize it. It comes out to them. Um, there was a point in. um uh, in the development of Fable, the mm-hmm. video game Fable. And if you've played Fable, you know that you can go a good path or an evil path, and there's things you can do, and it yeah. changes the look of your character. One of the, in the development of that game, one of the moments in development said, the developer said was, until you see yourself in a reflection, you don't change. Oh. You never perceive the difference. But the moment you walk by water or a mirror or like ice or something like that, and you see that version of yourself, that is the changed version. That's cool. And I was like, that would have been an incredible difference. Yeah. A hard, I mean, putting reflection in says are never an easy thing to do in a game, yeah, especially yeah, 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 per- yeah. persistent ones. So that's always a challenge. But think of the storytelling aspects of that. Mm-hmm. Of what you're actually doing, like, oh no, now I. Now I now I see the evil with that everyone else sees. Mm-hmm. Ooh, um, there's another game, and I can't. I I want to say it's it it's like mirror something, uh, where the protagonist, as they do their actions, just continues playing the game. At certain points in the game, there are cinemas from other people's perspectives, mm-hmm. and you get to see the world as they see it. Uh-huh. The changes. And you haven't seen that. Like, you still see your town as this little simple town with general people in it and everything going fine. But the mo- but if you've been a thief and you've been doing terrible things, the town is more seedy. They're, the people that you've been helping are now in power doing terrible things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's it, it changes the city, but you don't notice that because it's just outside of your view. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ooh, yeah, I've yeah. been doing that. I've been so. playing uh, playing Undertale lately. Yeah, F- yeah, finally got around to playing Undertale, and uh, yeah, it kind of does the same thing. Where like if you start uh, if you start killing your way through that game, like you go into a shop and instead of being greeted with uh, a smiling rabbit girl that wants to sell you hamburgers or whatever, there's just a note on the door that says, "Please don't kill my family." Mm-hmm. Uh, and at one point, like Undyne, the uh, uh, the the captain of the royal guard. Yes. Yes. Um, who will relentlessly pursue you and try to kill you uh, through any playthrough of that game? Yeah. Um, though she can be made friends with, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I did first off. Yep. Uh, gives you this big speech if you are doing a uh, a no mercy run where you're killing all the characters, and uh, when you when you listen to that speech that she gives you about like how everybody's hearts are beating as one right now, I can sense all of my friends behind me. You human, no. Whatever you are, I will defeat you if it's the last thing I do. 
and you realize it's the hero giving the speech to the mm-hmm. villain. Yeah. And that's you. You're mm-hmm. the villain. Yeah. You know. It's rough. So I'm going to leave I'm going to leave with a question here right. that was in uh, live chat and that is which alignments uh which alignments would and would not hold the door open for you? Uh, lawful good will hold the door open for you because it's the right thing to do. Neutral good will also hold the door open for you because it's the right thing to do. Cat good will hold the door open for you even if the door says, please do not hold open. Um, lawful neutral will hold it open for you if it's not going to inconvenience anyone around you mm-hmm. and if there are no other signages saying not to. Yep. True neutral will... Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. If it's a, um, if it's feasible. Chaotic neutral will let the door hit you. Yeah. Um, because, screw you. Yep. Uh, lawful evil will hold the door open for you, especially if it inconveniences one of their enemies. Uh, neutral evil will not notice you yep. to hold the door open for you, and chaotic evil will hit you with the door. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, so, speaking of villainous behavior, our next week's topic is building a better villain, villain the uh, the villain's journey, and what that all looks like from the opposite side of the heroic table. You can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave. Listen to us live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern times. We record live on MixLR.com slash Storyteller dash Conclave, and join us on our Discord. Thank you to all of our new members. Uh, join us uh, our uh, our discussion, ask us some questions. You can find that link on Twitter, as well as our website storytellerconclave.com we'd like to thank our uh, patreon members especially our name members Knox in the box sam the arcane asylum sparkle motion veteran and hulavu thank you ever so much our pre-show music is by arcane anthems you can find that at patreon.com slash arcane anthems our intro music which is beyond the warriors is by geefrog you can find that at geefrog.bandcamp.com or on google music and our outro music which you're hearing right now is only our footprints in the sand by midair machine you can find that at freemusicarchive.org and a big shout out as always to our families, Vicky and Sean. Thank you so much for loving and supporting thank us. You. All of our friends who sat with us at our tables over the years to give us these great stories to tell you about badly played alignments. <laughs> and you, every single one of our listeners, we love you so much. Love Stay you guys. safe. Good night. Good night.